start this. No. Uh yeah, no, I want to thank my guest today, uh film director, screenwriter, photographer, novelist, uh Josh Stolberg, man. Human being. Doing? Hu- hu- human being. That's that <laughs> that's my that's my best title. <laughs> it, is it, I don't know with how much work you're putting in, it you got to do you sleep at all? Like really? <laughs> um uh w- w- with help with the help of a little uh old fashioned and mm-hmm. uh and uh and uh Advil PM yes i am sleeping oh. fine thank you man you got the good stuff man no yeah how, how are you doing thank you for being here i really appreciate it no i'm happy i'm happy to be here um i i know this has been a long time coming and uh and we had planned on doing this months ago but i'm glad we're finally glad we're finally together yeah no me too i appreciate you keeping me uh the back of your mind there and uh yeah no was, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a dude you know i'm just a human too so i appreciate uh the humanity uh, um that's what we all are and um i i live by the credo that uh you know i was just talking to a buddy of mine um today about this that you know i've been working in the film business for uh for 30 years now and um and have directed a few films. Um, but I'm never one of those people that like wants, like I'll never take the, a film by credit. Um, because it really is about it. You know, you can't make a movie by yourself. Um, it really makes me annoyed when I see directors taking that a film by credit because Mm -hmm. it just feels like it's a community, man. It's like, it's, uh, it is, uh, making films, um it, they, they would all suck if it was just one person it's 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 about everybody so uh so yeah no i'm happy to be here thank you man no yeah i figured there are no small roles in even backstage uh just even looking i think i rewatched avengers endgame for some reason and all the people involved in that movie like oh my gosh it's you know yeah. something would have been messed up if one of them hadn't showed up for something. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what? What? Are Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, like, what's your? What's your niche as far as film goes? What's your? What's your favorite? Uh, and you don't have to say horror because I would. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't say horror, man. I would not mm-hmm. say horror. So, what? What? What is your niche? Uh, um, kind of movie experience. Uh, as far as me, I'll go like, you know, when you find like a director and you kind of fi- follow what they do or even just a specific writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've like talked to this Israeli writer, Edgar Carre, mm-hmm. and he's directed some very odd foreign films. I wouldn't say odd. They're, you said niche. They're, they're unique. They're unique in a great way. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's more of I'll follow a writer or a certain you know uh actor and just kind of watch everything that they're in yeah because that, that's the great thing about it is you know I, I couldn't even imagine like watching you're looking at your filmography you 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 started out you know with some film tv shows that were like kid shows that i grew up with like so weird yeah great. oh did you, did you know so weird was that yeah like, a show that you were aware of yeah it was in the darkness is light yes i love that i love that you know it's funny because you know i I get emails from friends from from high school all the time and they're like you know i've got a kid and i want to get them into horror a little bit like what's the way in and Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so weird was my way into horror at the beginning of my career because even though it was a kid's show it definitely had elements of of the genre in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like my very, very, like my very, very first job professionally writing, the first time I ever made money working as a writer was um, for a kid's TV show called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. I mean, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because everybody is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But uh-huh. they, we had a TV show of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I and uh, and my my very, very first episode, my very first episode of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was called Honey, I'm Haunted, 
And it was a ghost story. It was a ghost story for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh-huh. And I, 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 I sometimes look back at that and I think, oh my God, I, I, this was, this was where I was destined to live forever, um, from the very, very start. So yeah. No, I loved, um, like so weird. It, I don't know if this is how they refer to it or if I referred to it, but it's like an X Files for kids, what? like. Yeah, that that's how it was pitched to me when I yeah. first joined. Um, um, there was a guy named John, and I'm gonna forget his last name, of course. Wait, I I, I need to hold one second. Uh-huh. Um, no just worries. because it seems bad of me not to know John, remember John's last name. Um, John. Uh, wait, let me type in. So weird. Um, I have I have a very uh weird John Cooksey. John mm-hmm. Cooksey. I have on my on my Mac. I, I I keep very very specific records of everybody I've ever worked for, like and like 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 if you if uh, every time I go to a meeting, I make sure I take down everybody's names, and if they say, "Oh, my kid goes to Oberlin and they love soccer," I try to remember that to put into my computer later, just so <laughs> I'm able to have conversations with people later and just feel like, "Oh, okay." I've listened. I've I I I've uh, I, I, I've I, I've I've taken you in. Anyway, so John Cooksey was the producer on um, on So Weird, and that was the pitch to me when I first joined that show. It was mm-hmm. it's X Files for kids. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it was fun. It was a fun show. Yeah, and you're right. It was very like a hold your hand uh, into horror type way. So. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't just show your kids uh, Freddy Krueger and scar them for life, you know? Definitely not. <laughs> Although I will say that one of the reasons why I'm into horror is because I saw uh, Halloween way, 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 way too young. I still have this like firm memory. Um, uh, I was I was getting baby. I, all the parents went out to a party and Halloween was on was on HBO. And at the time way way before you were born dude um uh 87 87 for me yeah way 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 (laughs) way before you were born hbo used to in the olden days when i was a kid um they would only show r-rated movies after 10 p.m so Mm -hmm. if you wanted to watch an r-rated movie you had to start it at 8 p.m and they usually went off the air at 2 a.m so from 10 p.m to 2 a.m was like was like all oh, the good movies came on during that time. <laughs> and uh, and I remember specifically this vision. I have this memory in my head that's so strongly burnt in of the, the, the girl babysitting for us with her boyfriend on the couch watching Halloween on HBO at nighttime. They had already put me to bed and I snuck out and was like looking over the couch and... Um, and watching this film and uh, getting blown away by it. And that's the reason why, I mean, I still uh, years and years and years and years and years later, um, I got to work on a draft of a Halloween script and it was like full circle. It was like, Oh my God, this was the movie that got me into horror from when I was a little child. And then I'm writing kill scenes for, for Michael Myers, which was, it was fucking a blast. It was so cool. <laughs> so cool. Amazing. Yeah. When, at when, uh, age you say, you know, young watching horror movies, at what age do you think you, you really thought, Hey, I, I can make this into, this is what I want to do in life is like write well, for film. You look, know? look, I mean, look, I love to be able to tell you that it was, it was from the beginning, but it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. I was a total theater geek in high school, like a total theater nerd. Um, you know, I was doing everything from, you know, I was the artful dodger in 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 uh, in Oliver and uh, painting sets for Bye Bye Birdie and like all of these things. So that when I went to college, I went to college thinking I went to University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont. And when I went to college, I thought I was going to be an actor. Like, that's what I thought I was going to be. Um, And while I was at school, I had an opportunity to direct a few different projects. So uh, I directed a, uh, I directed West Side Story at at UVM. I directed, 
did three or four um, projects there while I was um, while I was uh, going to school, and mm -hmm. it it really um, opened me up to the idea of being on the other side of the camera. Um, and then I moved out to Los Angeles um, right after college, and um, I got an acting job. It was my first like big acting job. It was for a foreign movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and one day, uh, look it up. It's, it, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, um, it was a foreign movie, um, that, uh, was Korean. Um, and it was, uh, I played the asshole boyfriend of the lead woman in the film who was Korean. She was like the mm -hmm. Julia Roberts of Korea. Her name was Kong Soo-yeon. And Ooh. she was she was incredible. She was an incredible actress, and I was horrible. Like I, <laughs> so so I came out to LA thinking I was gonna be an actor. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be an actor, and oh, within the first year, I've gotten a huge leading role playing the playing the 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 uh, the, the the boyfriend of the of the star of the movie, and it's gonna be amazing. And then I saw the film and was petrified. I was like, this is. This is the worst acting I have ever seen in a film before. I was horrible, man. I was like, I was horrible, horrible. And, uh, and I realized then and there that acting was not for me. Um, so I had to figure out what was going to be next. Um, and I had such a good time directing things in college that I started to lean toward that. And then um, realized that it was difficult to be a director there's only one per film, you know, actors, there's 20 to 60 per film. Mm -hmm. um, directors, there's only one. And you need to convince a producer to give you millions and millions and millions of dollars to, <laughs> to put it together. Um, so that's how I fell into screenwriting. Um, and that's how I became a, like a professional screenwriter was I realized, well, the only way to direct is to write the material. Um, and I started writing material and then it got to the point where, um, I was making more money writing than I would have made if they had given me the rights to direct the material. So then I mm -hmm. just kind of fell into writing um, okay. and I still direct things here and there, but like, if you look at my directing resume, they're all very small, tiny films. Um, um, the, the most the biggest budget film I've directed is like a $3 million movie, um, which by industry standards is tiny. Oh like, yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're, that's you know, independent most, now. Yeah. I mean, most movies <laughs> that you see in a theater are between 40 and, and $200 million. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, so that's how I became a screenwriter. That's cool. And, I'd say, you know, I'm looking at your uh, filmography, what you've written. It spans a lot of, you know, different genres. Like we said, So Weird, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, you even had pardon uh, the Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I was one of the writers on the first two episodes of Avatar, The Last Airbender. So um, that was a blast. I mean, that was a blast. And the crazy thing is I wrote it. That that script was written. Those first two scripts were written with Pete Goldfinger, who is my horror writer. So, so Avatar: The Last Airbender, I worked on with the same guy that I wrote Piranha 3D with. So there you go. <laughs> and I've seen you have a uh, Good Luck Chuck here, which uh... um the best movie of all time. All you got to <laughs> do is look at Rotten Tomatoes to see how amazing that movie is. There has never been a better movie. I feel like it's gone with the wind. Godfather Part Two, Casablanca, Casablanca, Godfather, and then Good Luck Chuck. We're in the top yeah. five, I think. Yeah, Citizen Kane Rock somewhere Theater. there too. Yeah, uh, exactly. I remember being so hyped for Good Luck Chuck because I love Jessica Alba. I remember seeing her as a kid in Sticker World of Alex Mack. Yes. And yeah, love her. And I, I took my cousin. We saw that movie. And it was so raunchy and dirty. I felt so oh my god awkward with her. Like where I'm like, okay, this isn't a movie I shouldn't have brought. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I can't tell you how many people have written to me saying, "Yeah, I saw that movie with my grandmother," and I'm like, oh no, that's <laughs> oh that's freaking horrific. Um, you know, look, I you know, I um, 
Jessica is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I love her. She's she was wonderful and sweet and kind and lovely. Um, uh, the movie itself uh, is an acquired taste. Some people <laughs> love it. You know, it's what, what, one of the crazy things as as a writer, um, as a screenwriter. One of our sources of income, which was part of the whole writer's strike this last year, is residuals. So when a movie gets produced, you get paid for that movie. And then when the movie goes to streaming and or DVDs or, or shows up on a plane um, or, or, or you know, cable TV or whatever, you get a little, you, you know, like for every DVD of Good Luck Chuck that is sold, I'd probably make a penny. For every for every you know twenty two dollar DVD that's sold, I make a penny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I've I've made more money on Good Luck Chuck. <laughs> I'm trying to think if this is true. Yes, this is true. I've made more money on Good Luck Chuck than all three Saw movies combined. Oh Lord! <laughs> well, that Just is something to be proud of. Yeah, that yeah. Great. I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, but that's, uh, you know, a lot of people like uh, silly, gross out, disgusting comedies. So there you go. <laughs> you just, I'm speaking about all, all the different genres and not, not to like shit on you on Good Luck Chuck. I'm just saying all the genres. Shit, you, believe me, shit on me all you want with Good Luck Chuck. Please do. <laughs> I, I, I shit on myself with that. So it's all good. <laughs> of all the genres, you know, you span like horror, comedy, uh, even it's... a mixture of the two. Um, yep. Is there a favorite you prefer writing for, or do you? Yes, it just and, you know it hits you. Yeah, you know it, it's funny, um, and I've never. I mean, like the movie when I got into the business, I am the big, and this is going to be slightly surprising, but Cameron Crowe is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. When I look at like Almost Famous and um, Say Anything, Jerry Maguire. Like these movies, Fast Times or Richmond High, um, which he wrote, didn't direct, but wrote. Um, these movies were everything to me as, you know, as an aspiring filmmaker. Um, and that's how I always portray, like, that's how I thought, like, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to be Cameron. That's that's my goal. I'm going to be Cameron Crowe. I'm going to be Cameron. Like, that was all I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um and the problem is, is that you write the Cameron Crow scripts and there are scripts that I've written that I feel like are my best scripts that I've ever written. And no one will ever see them because they just didn't get made. They didn't like now you can't make, you can't make almost famous anymore. Like, it's just like, you can't mm-hmm. No, no one's going to go see that movie or they're not. No, that's not true. People will go see the movie because it's a great film. No one is going to finance that film now. Um, unless you're Cameron Crowe, unless you're a huge freaking director um, that has a big name and has um, access to the best talent. Just, I mean, like I, I could write Jerry Maguire right now. I could write like word for word, Jerry Maguire. um, And it wouldn't get made today. It just wouldn't get made. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, it's all about, it's almost this labor of love where it's like passion projects. Uh, I always think of like, you know, the author, Raoul Dow, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, yeah. all that. Yeah. I remember yeah. he wrote, he wrote a story about how you, you could listen to insects and how insects might be making the greatest symphonies known to man. You'll yeah. never know. Cause you don't listen to them. And I feel like that's how it is. I, in, in I art, love that. Know? I love, I, I absolutely love that. Then that's, yeah. that's the film business. That really is mm-hmm. the film business. You know, um, I'm married to an actress and she's an amazing actress, Um, but she just doesn't, she hasn't had an opportunity to get the parts that she needs. And in order to like be known as an, like um, uh, this business is brutal. It's just brutal. It's right place, right time. And it's who you know, there's a lot of, you know, who you're sleeping with. Yeah, it's politics. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's not an easy business. Um, I love it because it's what I've done for my entire life. 
but it's uh it's it's tough it's a tough business 100 percent. oh yeah i can't imagine and i know you were speaking earlier about uh you know you've done directing you've directed some films uh how is it directing another person's uh script or the story like do you yeah. do are they there kind of feeding you like hey this is how i kind of envision it or do you kind of do your own uh yeah you know um i've directed two films that i didn't write um one was called feel so good um and one was called the hungover games (laughs) it was a spoof movie that was basically the hangover guys in the in the hunger games um and it was as good as you can imagine it could be um uh, <laughs> uh i there's something uh, i i have two answers to that question um mm-hmm. it's awesome because you're not responsible for coming up with the jokes and the scares and all of those other things um so that's great um um but it, there is a difference, you know, it's, it, you're not as locked in emotionally to the, to, to, to the, to the stuff, you know, I've made, I've had, I don't know, 20 projects produced in my, in my career um, from film and anything from like an episode I wrote of TV to, um, you know, to saw X that came out a few mo- months ago. Um, and uh, of all of those projects, the things that are the, the thing that is most personal to me, I made this tiny movie, this itsy bitsy tiny movie. It was called Conception. Nobody saw it. I know nobody saw it because I don't see residuals for it. So I know I know nobody saw it. But um, it was everything to me. Like it was. I, I wrote it. Every word on the screen is mine. Every beat in the film is mine. Um. Um. It's, I mean, it's tiny. It feels small. It feels like a little indie do-it-yourself movie. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's everything to me. Um, And no one will ever, like, you know, no one's ever going to embrace it the same way I do. You know, I mean, like, you know, I get get 20 DMs a day about how how much they love, you know, my writing on Saw. and then every once in a while, I'll get a, I'll, I'll get a, an email from somebody just out of the blue. Like I remember like this movie that I'm talking about called The, the Conception. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about, it was uh, nine different couples all on the night they conceived their children. And they all have very, very different stories to tell. Um, and one of the couples um, um, in the film, uh, they, they, uh, uh, she was struggling with the fact that it was her that she had already had a kid and they, she had stretch marks on her on her body um, and was feeling unsexy because of her body looking different from the time that her um, her husband first married her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the roles were played by Alan Tudyk, who is amazing. Um, oh, he was yeah. from Firefly and like just uh, he's just. Uh, uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. He's a, just a great actor. Um, and the wife of my writing partner for saw and piranha 3d and sorority row, his name is Pete Goldfinger. Her name is Jen Jostin, great actress, amazing actress. And, um, they have this moment together that's so raw and so real and so lived in. And so it's everything that I love about film and I, I, you know, like I was saying before, I'll get 20 emails a day about Saw and like, oh, I love this line from Saw. I love this kill scene from Saw. Hey, <laughs> you should do a, you should do a trap where somebody is peeing into a fucking container and it makes them swallow it, whatever it is. Like I get, yeah. I get literally 20 <laughs> of those a day. I got one email from someone, from a woman who had seen Conception and I know she didn't know who I was because you don't turn on that movie and think, Oh, I'm watching this. Cause I love saw it was somebody that just happened to see it online somewhere. And they watched the film and they wrote me this really heartfelt email about how they connected so 
viscerally to the character and how they had been dealing with stretch marks on their own body and feeling less than because of that and how this movie made them see themselves in a different way. There was a line in the film. I'm not going to remember the exact same line, but, the, but, but Alan Tudyk, the, the husband is trying to console his wife about her stretch marks. And he says something along the lines of that, um, that I love the, I, I love those marks. They're like, um, they're roadmaps across your body. Mm. Um, um, and they make me want to follow these roadmaps. I don't remember the exact line, but it resonated for this one person. And that when that one person wrote to me about this thing, it was, it was everything. Like, like I, that, that email, because it was so specific and so real and so emotional and it, it clearly made an impact on this person's life. I mean, that's what filmmaking is about. That's, mm -hmm. you know, look, I, I love getting all of those saw emails and please don't stop sending them. If you're watching this, I love them all, but, um, but every once in a while you'll get one that just, it feels like they see you in a way that, um, that is what filmmaking is all about. It's about, it's about connecting with someone on a, on a real level doesn't happen often. And I've had those moments in films. Like I was just talking about Cameron Crowe, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just went down a rabbit no, hole. Sorry about no, that. It's, it's lighting in a bottle when you can get something <laughs> like that, you know? And uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, I guess you're right. You know, there's the side of making money to it, but then there's the art that you ultimately hope will resonate with people and it's yeah. always good to be reminded of that that yeah yeah it, it's not just for money it's for art you know yeah exactly exactly i have fights with with both my wife and my writing partners and all these things too and like that you know we'll have conversations like would you would you rather your movie really affect people and make change people's lives um, and be well regarded as a film, or would you rather make money? Um, and I'm always coming down, like much to the chagrin of some of my writing partners. Like <laughs> I would give back some of the money to feel like I am making a real dent in someone's life and making them feel something that they weren't expecting to feel that to me, that to me is, is filmmaking. That's, that's, that, that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. That's where it's an art and not a business, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. free. Yeah. And to, to flip the question, uh, you know, about you directing other people's writing, yeah. how do you feel about other directors, you know, direct do, <laughs> doing your writings? Like, cause I know that's more of, you know what you go through yeah are you there with them telling them how you want it do they ask for your feedback or they just um, it how, how it i will tell you it's different for every filmmaker um mm -hmm. it's different for every director some directors feel threatened um and feel like you're trying to step in and take their job um that you are um you are not supporting them every note you give is a cut on what they want to do. Um, and those are difficult. Those are very, very difficult. And I've had those, th th those, those relationships on set. I've been thrown off of films um, because um, the director just didn't give a shit about what I had to say. Mm -hmm. um, um, as an example, I wrote, I, I wrote a spec script called uh, passion of the arc. Um, it was one of the scripts that really kind of, um, um, popped and, and, uh, jump-started my career in a, in, in an amazing way. Um, it was called Passion of the Ark, seven studio bidding war. So seven studios bidding on this one script, um, was the most money I've ever been paid for a script before, um, uh, and then the director 
got mad at us because we didn't sell it to the studio that he wanted us to sell it to and hmm. kicked us off the project. Wow. And I lost all credit and you won't see my name on the movie or on the poster. My manager, my, my, I had two managers at the time. Both of the managers are on the poster. Um, because part of the deal was that they become producers on the project when we sold the script. Um, so they're both on the movie, but I was kicked off of the film completely disinvited was not invited at all to participate. They told me I could have nothing to do with the rewrite of the script. Um, and when they offered us tickets to the premiere of the movie, it, the, the premiere took place um, at the IMAX theater at universal studios and our the tickets that they gave us were not only in the very last row of the theater but in the balcony in the last row in the far 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 left was, like was there a pole in front yeah, of y'all I'm sure there was I didn't go because I was so fucking yeah. angry and upset that uh -huh. they screwed us like that my writing partner at the time a guy named Bobby Florsheim great guy I've written a whole bunch of projects with him. Love him. He went um, and they put us like in the back row, far left in the biggest theater in Los Angeles. That's how much they hated us on that film. So, wow. so I've had those experiences. Um, <laughs> um, that movie became Evan Almighty. I don't know if you uh, saw that film. It was uh, Steve Carell. It was the sequel mm -hmm. to Bruce Almighty. Mm -hmm. Um when we wrote the script, it had nothing to do with Bruce Almighty. It was, uh, it was basically a guy who builds an ark in his backyard um, after talking to God. Um, and it was a comedy and it was, there were definitely elements from the finished movie, which was Evan Almighty that made it into the film. But like, that's the worst case scenario. That's like director hates you, doesn't want anything to do with you, kicks you off the project. You don't get you don't get your name on the movie, and uh, I mean I I was able to buy my first house with that project, but that's something else. Mm -hmm. um, like I was saying before, I'd rather I'd give up the money for the for the love. Um, yeah, the passion. Uh, but then I've had other situations where I've I, I have written projects for directors, and we've had amazing relationships. Um, uh, all three Saw movies that I've worked on. Every single one had an incredible relationship with the directors. Uh, Jigsaw was the Spirit Brothers. It was there on set every day. They listened to what I had to say. They they cared. Um, they were kind. Uh, Darren Bowsman, who directed uh, Spiral, who also directed Saw 2, 3, 4, also. Um, wonderful filmmaker. I'm still, I, I, I just got off the phone with him an hour ago. We're working on another project together. He's oh, beautiful, lovely, wonderful human being. Love him so much. Um, and in the last film, Kevin, um, uh, who has directed every single Saw movie since the beginning. So he's, he is at, not directed, edited, edited Saw 1 through 10 um, and directed uh, this last one, Saw X. He was incredible lovely human being had an incredible relationship with him felt heard felt seen writers are so taken advantage of and walked over and mm -hmm. no one gives a shit producers feel like they're worthless except for the producers i've worked for i love all of my producers that I've worked for. <laughs> um producers walk all over them um, um it's incredible to find um, just lovely human beings that are great to work with. Um, even Good Luck Chuck, one of the first films that has a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> the director, Mark Helfrick, loved the guy. He's amazing. He was so nice to me. He was so inclusive in the process and so wonderful in making the movie. Um, um yeah, so there's different experiences all over the place. Um, uh, I would not recommend working with the director of Evan Almighty, uh, <laughs> but uh, and you look, there's there's levels all along the the board, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. Yeah, and even the directors that I love, I've had disagreements with, and 
Um, and one of the secrets as a screenwriter is finding your place. It's, it's, it's pushing, it's pushing, it's saying your, um, your opinion and your grievance, um, but not pushing so hard that they feel threatened. Um, because directing is hard. Like I, you know, as I've said, I've directed a whole bunch of things. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, everything is, is landing on you. So, um, part of being good screenwriter for a director is supporting them, helping them find the vision, their vision, hoping that their vision falls in line with your vision, which isn't always the case. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm a chatterbox. Sorry about no, that. No, no, I love it. And, and I would hope, especially with this writer strike that just happened and previous writer strikes that people in the industry and just in public would understand how important writers were because everything kind of shuts down without them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, look, the, a film starts and ends, not ends. The film starts with the writer and it starts with a writer looking at a blank page, a totally white page. And the only words that I know going in is fade in, like fade in. That the, those are the only two words that I'm sure of. Like I'll start every screenplay and I'll fucking write fade in colon and then sit back and be like, that's definitely that this is gonna be in the final draft of the screenplay. This is it. Fade in. This is this is this is fucking key. And then the rest is it's fine. It's 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 hard, it's hard work. It's no, hard yeah. Work. Can't imagine. Yeah, it, because especially I mean, yeah. like as a screenwriter, you're having at the beginning, before your movie gets into production, you're having to please your agent, your manager, your lawyer, um, the readers. There are, I mean, every time you send, you know, if you send something to, um, if you send something to Blumhouse, let's say, um, I'm sending a script to Blumhouse, and Jason Blum isn't reading the script at first. He's not reading shit. He's giving it to first an assistant that's reading the script and then hopefully they like it and they pass it on to the, to the, to, to, to the low level, you know, uh, executive at the company. Mm -hmm. They're reading it. Hopefully they like it and they pass it on to the executive at the company and then hopefully they like it. And then they're sending it on to Jason and you got to get through those. It's, 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 uh, what's that TV show with the, with the, the spinning shit that knocks people off into the water and. Oh, wipeout. Wipeout. Yeah. It's wipeout. Yeah, screenwriting <laughs> is wipeout. You're basically um, um, try, trying to get through the, 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 the myriad of, of things trying to knock you off and throw you into the mud. Um, it's a gauntlet. Yeah. It's a, it's a gauntlet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And I was going to ask to, uh, well, well, since we're, you know, we're, we're really, I want to talk to you about Saul and, and not yeah. even, uh, not even about it. Everything else is great. You know, good luck, Chuck. I love, of course. Never. Uh, thank you for lying to me. I really like that. <laughs> um, I wish you had written a review on Rotten Tomato because maybe we'd have a 6% instead of a 5%, but fine, whatever. All right, good. I was gonna say, um, can you do a good uh, Tobin Bell impression? That I want to oh, play a game. I, I I'm not even gonna try because it will be <laughs> embarrassing if I do. I will say that I love Tobin Bell. He is one of my heroes. Every Saw movie I've worked on, I've spent many, 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 many hours with Tobin. Um, and he's one of those. Well, one is like. Like when you're making a TV show, let's say mm -hmm. you're making, you're writing a TV show, those actors in like the eighth season of West Wing, you know, you go to Bradley Whitford, he knows that character better than you're ever going to know that character as a writer. Like he's been doing it for eight years. They brought you on because they liked something you wrote and it's worthless because these actors are carrying everything. Tobin is that Tobin. He is John Kramer. Like he is mm -hmm. John Kramer. I sit in a room with him and I'm in awe. Um, we'll, we'll break story with him. We'll, um, we'll, uh, talk 
about character and and um, um, thematic elements. He's so smart. Um, there are moments from there are moments that Tobin has come up with ideas for that never made it into the movie that still makes me angry that it didn't make it in the movie. Like th- there was a, there was a bit, have you, did you see saw X? Was that the film yeah. that you saw? Yes, sir. I, I've seen all of them. I've seen all the saws. <laughs> okay, good. All right. All right. So saw uh-huh. X. Um, it's about a guy who has cancer and it's like a revenge film. That's the yeah. way I, I saw yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. Somebody yeah. basically takes advantage of him and um mm-hmm. and pretends that they're going to solve his his issues with cancer and are mm-hmm. lying in order to make money. Um but he like one day I'm I, I was I was I was driving into Costco in Van Nuys on Sepulveda for those of you who live in Los Angeles Sepulveda and whatever it is Victory Van Owen and uh, I'm pulling into I'm pulling into Costco and my phone rings and it's Tobin. <laughs> um, and I park and I, and basically I was sitting there in the car for an hour and a half while he's talking to me about <laughs> ideas that he has about the script. But what's wonderful about Tobin is his ideas are really, really fucking good. So he, he started talking about this idea and I loved it. I fucking loved it. Um, he was talking about, this is all coming from him and it's not in Saw X. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the DVD if you watch the extra footage. Cause I think we shot it cause I wrote it in the script. It was in the script. And then I think the film was already two hours long and they were like, we can't make it to it two and a half hour Saw movie. Um, <laughs> but he started pitching me this idea for, he was thinking of the word fishing and fishing obviously is what con artists do they'll send mm-hmm. you a text message saying bank of america is calling and they uh you know someone's trying to access your account log in now so that and then you hopefully log into their fake account and then they steal all your money so that's fishing mm-hmm. um but he started talking about that and fishing and we had a kill scene already written into the movie with uh, basically a fishing line. It was a, it was a, it was a, uh, um, uh, jiggly like a, saw. It like was a like piano a, wire almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the piano wire around her head and yeah, also yeah. the, the jiggly saw that she sawed her legs off with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, why it was a, it was a thin, it was a thin piece of, of, of line. And mm-hmm. he started talking about how fishing and how fishing was, um, um, as a kid, his father used to take him fishing and there's a different bait for bass, so, you know, some, some, some fish, uh, some fish like worms, some fish like lures, some fish like shrimp, some f- like different things and how you as a con artist were fishing and, um, and using bait in order to hook me in order to bring me in. And that hook was life. It was a longer life, um, and it was all him. He, he, he <laughs> to, Tobin. Tobin is one of my heroes. I, I I love that man to death. He's incredible, and he brought this to the table, like in a way that you don't like, dude. When you're making a movie with, and I'm not gonna call any actor out, but I'm just gonna say like some big famous actor that's in a movie that he doesn't even really care about. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about this shit. And Tobin is sitting there in his bedroom in Santa Monica thinking <laughs> like, thinking like what would John Kramer say? <laughs> and having a partner like that, having a partner that's coming at things and as a teammate, um, he's a team player. He's, he's incredible. That entire Saw family, everyone that I worked with, from the directors, the Spirit Brothers, Darren Bowsman, Kevin, all incredible. The producers, the 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 the, the executive, they all they are all working to make a great film. Um, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I haven't liked all the Saw movies. I've liked a lot of them, but I but 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 yeah, there have been some there have been some 
some bad ones. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna pretend that there haven't. Um, mm-hmm. but even the bad ones, um, everyone just cares. They care. And when I say bad ones, I'm sure everyone on fucking Reddit right now is like, yeah, yours are bad, motherfucker. <laughs> Spiral, fuck you, dude. I can't, I mean, like, li- literally, I get so many fucking hate emails about all that bullshit. But, um. I don't get that. Well, it, Spiral, I thought was good. Yeah, it was uh, a whole different take on it, but I thought it was more, I don't know. Like, you could look at these three films that you and your partner wrote. Yeah. And they're they're their own like different types. Like, you know, you have 10 that's like the revenge film, uh Jigsaw's like uh callback to the original saws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Before before yep. arguably uh three, four, and five. Yeah. And yep. um the what was the other one? The book of spiral. Spiral is a complete re like a reimagining yeah. of everything. Um, um like I, I thank you. Story. I I thank you for saying that. Um um, I would uh, I, I I would ask you to go to Reddit and fight all of the people that say that I've ruined the Saw franchise. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's um, um, when I set out to make a movie, I love remakes like Sorority Row and Piranha, um, um, reimaginings like like the Saw movies that I've worked on. Um. I'm always trying to come at it and thinking a lot of times the fans want what they know. Like they just want, they want a remake of what they've seen in a slightly different packaging. And I approach things differently. I, you know, and for, for for good or bad, I approach things from a standpoint of, I want, I want to offer something unique and different for the audience. Um, you know, when yeah. we did Piranha, I mean, could have just remade Piranha. It's a, you know, there's a government program that's trying to create piranhas that fight enemies and they accidentally escape from the lab. Like that was the, that was like Piranha or Piranha 2 or whatever. Well, you could do like Psycho, like a shot for shot remake. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, like what, what does that do? Yeah. I come at things and say, all right, I'm making Piranha. What is, what's a different version? Like what's, what's something that I haven't seen? Like, and and when Pete and I stumbled upon like spring break, Piranhas in the water at Lake Havasu. Um, it's funny. I, I, it, I'll, I'll tell you a, a, a slight uh, story out of school. Um, I came up with the idea and I'm going to take credit for this. Pete, fuck you. <laughs> he's my he's my writing partner pete pete fuck you i came up with the idea for piranha 3d um but i was i was watching the pamela anderson sex tape and it was it, it was it was it, it, tommy lee and she had a boat on on um on lake havasu um they had gone on vacation they brought their home video camera to lake havasu yeah, I watched it to watch Tommy Lee's gigantic penis. But I but I also like there were other moments of this and there was one moment I had <laughs> honestly I haven't seen it? that video. I haven't <laughs> seen that video in 25 years, so I I I don't I don't know for sure exactly how it was, but there was a scene where there were people jumping off a cliff in Lake Havasu, they were like standing on a rock ledge and jumping into the water. Mm-hmm. And when I started thinking about Piranha 3D and and Spring Break at Lake Havasu, I was like, I was like, oh shit, how cool would it be if the people were on the rock face and they were stuck there and they were looking down and people were getting eaten by piranha down below and like you're hanging on, white knuckling it onto this fucking cliff face and people are getting fucking killed down below. And it was like the, it was like the first scene that I thought of. And then also on that video, I think I'm not positive. That was definitely on it. I will stand by that till the end of time. Watch the Pamela Anderson sex tape and you'll see that. But I also think there was also somebody on a, on a, um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, when you're getting pulled by a boat, 
and it, on a parasail, yeah. parasail, yeah. parasail. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they the pale parasail kept dipping into the water and then coming up and dipping into the water and then coming up. <laughs> and then when it dips in the water, the fucking piranhas go crazy on the person. And when it comes up, it's just like a spine. Um, <laughs> so so like like that was that was like the starting point. So going back to what you were saying before, I mean, like I'm always approaching things like what what's different about this? How can I approach mm -hmm. this in a different way? Um, Pete and I are thinking about doing another sorority road movie right now. And it's been what, 15 years or something, 15 years. And it hasn't, I love that movie. Like I, I honestly, that's one of my favorite movies I've made, even despite the fact that, um, um, it didn't do incredibly well at the box office, but it makes me happy. So fuck everybody. Um, but the uh, um, didn't realize I wanted to make it until I thought of like, oh, this hook into this new sorority row is I've got a hook that Pete and I came up with that is so good that all of a sudden that's all I'm thinking about right now. It's the reason why I'm not doing Saul. Like I, I just like I want to I, I'm, I'm backing out of Saul right now to work on a couple of other projects that are just really, really exciting me. No, and that's always good to have, yeah, you know, especially like with your long career, still have that excitement in you and not just write for profit or whatever, you know. Even what are you I'm saying sure. about long career? Are you talking that I'm old? <laughs> An esteemed career, all right, uh, whatever, dude, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I know I don't want to keep you too long, it's, it's great talking to you. Um, how, um how is it like writing with a partner instead of like just writing by yourself? Is that, is there hiccups there? Is there like, um, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I have a few different partners that I've worked with. Um, and every relationship I have with a partner is different. Some are more rocky than others. Some are really, really easy. Um, but what's amazing is, is that if you can find a partner, like as a screenwriter for screenwriters out there that are listening, find a partner that compliments you, not from a standpoint of being good at what you're good at, but being good at something that you're not good at. You know, I, I see myself, like, I think my strengths as a screenwriter kill scenes I fucking love coming up with kill scenes. I'll come up with kill scenes until the day ends. Like I love it. Dialogue. I love dialogue. I will write a scene where somebody is coming into the house and hanging their hat. And I can write a scene that's 12 pages long on just that, just that one moment. <laughs> Because I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll toot my own horn. I feel like I'm pretty good at dialogue. Um, my writing partners that I have are good at other things. You know, I've got you know Pete who um, cares so much about um, um, logic and plot and twists and turns, and he like he. That, that that he's so fucking good at that kind of stuff. Um, um, I've got partners. There's this guy named Mike Lee that I'm working with right now that I absolutely love. Great horror writer. Um, and he is incredible at coming up with really unique takes on ideas in a way that like I would never have thought of before. Um, so it's really, really important to find that partner that, that um, doesn't do what you do, does things better than you do in areas that you don't care about as much. Not that I don't care about plot and theme and all those other things, but I'm pretty good at uh, kill scenes. I'm pretty good at dialogue. I'm pretty good at some other things, but but I love to embrace myself with people um, that are really, really, really good at stuff that I um, that uh, that I falter on. I think. Yeah, and that's a good advice. I feel like in anything, profession or 
yeah. relationship wise is to have partners marriage that, right yeah to marriage. cover your weight you know strengths and weaknesses the balances of hell a yeah i do yeah. everything in my marriage with my kids I deal with all of the all of the the paperwork and all, I'm lying right now. I'm just hoping my wife watches this and she's like, "Fuck you, dude! You don't do anything with that stuff." Um, I do dishes really well. Mm -hmm. I I, I can fold some laundry like a fucking fiend. I'm really good Jeez. at that. Um, um, yeah. I don't know. No. Well, and again, I, I thank you so much for your time. We're gonna this was fun, man. Thank you yeah. so much. I'm glad that we finally got a chance to talk. No, one one final thing I was going to ask you, and I Please. didn't really get into Saul, but one last thing: what what would be your dream project or franchise? Oh. I know you you have a lot of projects. You said that you're like all excited for, yeah. But like, is you know you? I don't know if you just fell into Saul or you were writing for Saul. Uh, was there a franchise like a horror yeah. or even just anything um, that you would really love to do? That's all right. That's a great question. All right. I, and I, I've got a long answer, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I'm sorry. So to keep Saw, I watch Pete and I, my writing partner on Saw uh, 8, 9, and 10. Um, we saw Saw opening night at, in, in, in Westwood at the midnight show. We stood in line at the midnight show in Westwood and watched Saw and our jaws fell to the floor when Tobin Bell stood up at the end mm -hmm. and it changed everything for I'm me. I'm getting chills too, thinking about it. Oh like my God. I, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's insane. So, mm -hmm. so that has been an incredible ride and I feel so lucky to have been a part of it. Um, the two producers on the project, Mark um, Berg and Oren Kulis are, they've been family to us and, have been so amazing through the entire journey. I love, love, love that franchise. Um, um, there are definitely projects that I, there's a few different films that I've been wanting, like me as a, as, as a guy who loves remakes. Um, there's a movie um, called The Entity that I've been dying to remake. The rights are fucked. The rights are just like tied up in a zillion different things. Mm -hmm. But it's this movie from the 1980s, um, early 80s, I think. Um, uh, true story about this woman that was basically possessed by um, possessed. Um, you know, most horror like haunted house movies, it's the house that's haunted. You walk into the house and you're haunted by the house and you can fucking leave and go someplace else and you're fine. Yeah. The entity is about yeah. a human being being possessed and it's different. It's not the devil in the same way that the exorcist is. And it's a real story. So I've been dying to do that. I've been every, every, every six months I write and write to somebody at fucking, I think it's at Paramount right now. I'm like, Hey, I want this. And they're always like, yeah, it's too fucking, Tied up worth and, it. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so so there's that movie that i've been dying to make um um i am obsessed with the movie ginger snaps that's at lionsgate been talking dude i had a meeting last week with one of the main executives at lionsgate and i'm like ginger snaps ginger snaps ginger snaps i want to do ginger snaps <laughs> um uh have you seen ginger snaps yet dude no i've never seen ginger snaps. oh it's so good it's so good you gotta watch it you gotta <laughs> watch it the acting is so good it's 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 amazing so so there's that um there are a couple of projects that i've written in the past that are dream projects of mine there's a book called the last samurai not the tom cruise movie um it's a book by a woman named helen dewitt i wrote a screenplay of the project that was um it won a whole bunch of awards like it was on the hit list lists um mm -hmm. um been dying to do it tiny tiny relationship film about a mom and her daughter and, and her son um that i love so that's something that i would love to do um so there's a whole bunch of like projects that I'm obsessed with. Can't wait to do another sorority row movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I've got a couple more years of fighting in me for, for, for writing. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe this is the last time you're going to see me, man. Maybe I'm going to disappear 
you're going to be like, holy shit, I had Josh Stolberg's <laughs> final interview. Uh, you're going to be able to post that and make a lot of money. I hope you do. You could be like uh, John Kramer and just have, you could live on another eight movies past like uh, the that. first two. <laughs> that I you, like uh, that. That's you good. could pass away and still keep going. That's good. Uh, I like that. Like no, that. but thank you so much for your time, uh, Josh Stolberg. I know I got your link tree there. Or you have your website, www.joshstolberg.com. I don't know if there's uh, anything else you wanted to uh, say, you know, um, no. part, part ways with. No, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm, I am in the process of um, I'm going to make my own little tiny movie in my own house. Um, starting in February, um, and we'll be looking for people to help out. So if you're interested in helping out, whether it's um, in a financial way or a creative way, whether you want to be a crew member or an actor, um, uh, please reach out to me on um, on my website because I'll be looking for people to play with um, on that film. That's exciting to and to be a part of that. I, that'd be great. I hope everyone reaches out to you and all i'd like you to do is uh just say game over and i think we'll be good dude game over i'm gonna slide do, 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 thank I you love so it. much man take all care. right brother take care have a good one